What's up, everybody? My name is Anthony Irvin. You beat yourself? Yeah. Yeah, see me myself. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh. I'm Jim Green. Don't even leave that hit of traffic light. <laughs> okay, good. Welcome to One Set. What's up, everybody? We are back. And by we, I mean I am back. Uh, Anthony is still on paternity leave for the unforeseeable future. Um, his work gave him prior paternity leave uh, before the baby was born for like a month. It's pretty cool. Um, and then a week after the baby was born, he was like, okay, I'm ready to go back to work. And they said, yeah, but for your podcast, you get like three more months. Which I think 12 weeks is like the norm for maternity leave. Um, so we'll see him sometime before 2025, I would hope. We all would hope, right? Because uh, him and I definitely have more fun together. Uh, miss having him on here. I do know when we plan on meeting next, and I'm pretty excited about that one. Um, that is coming up in about a month. Maybe. We'll see if he gets extended leave or not, right? Hope everyone is doing well out there. Uh, the February GOT series, uh, we got a lot of feedback on. Um, that is just a show with the what-if content that we provided for all eight seasons across the four episodes. Um, there's just so many ways that everything could go, um, and we had a lot of uh, responses about, well, this could have gone differently and then it would have changed everything. This could have, like, yeah, we said in part four, it's a butterfly effect. One thing going different could have changed the course of everything. Um, we were just making it a little bit easier and, and not easier because we're lazy, but just for the sake of, hey, if this major event turned, maybe the other bigger events after that would have went another route, right? So we had a lot of fun with that. If you enjoyed that and you want to see us do more What If content, definitely hit us up at onesetpod at gmail.com. Best way to get a hold of us, honestly, or drop comments right underneath our videos. Um, how's everyone doing? I just uh, celebrated, and by just celebrated, I mean I am still celebrating uh, a recent birthday. Um, I have friends with birthdays at the beginning of the month, of like any given month, and they're like, it's my birthday month. Like they celebrate for the entire month. My birthday falling uh, just two, one or two days before the end of the month, depending on if it's a leap year or not. Um, I never really got into that. I, I just stayed my normal course for the first almost four weeks of February and continued forward per usual. Um, I was very happy to celebrate my birthday in several instances where um, Cheyenne did take me out to dinner while I was away for a work convention in Baltimore. Uh, we had some of the best Japanese food that I've ever had. I mean, not one thing I had that I was like, this is pretty mid. Everything was just so good. Place is called Azumi. Azumi in the Inner Harbor in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, if you are from outside of the country and you're ever over uh, in the Mid-Atlantic region over here and can get to Baltimore, that is one place to go for food for sure. Uh, we checked out a few places there, uh, but we'll get into that at a different time, all right? Um, I did have a pretty relaxing weekend this past weekend, which I had intended on, knowing I was busy the previous two weekends. And then the beginning of March, into the middle of March, just on the go. Got a lot of dance stuff coming up. Uh, working on a really cool project that uh, 
you'll be hearing more about in the next couple of episodes. So I got some stuff working there. Um, other than that, oof, Anth, uh, we're going to talk wrestling stuff the next time I see you. I'm going to catch up on some wrestling stuff, but it has been a minute since we talked current events and things of that nature. And when I say current events, I mean the things that we talk about on here, which is mostly related to uh, the sports that we talk about. Music and dance, definitely. Um, The dance stuff I'm going to hold off on because I'm in developmental phases of a lot of stuff coming up. Um, which is really exciting. Super exciting. Um, Anthony, I just got to watch play last week. He booked his first gig uh, in a couple of months, so it was nice to get out and see him play live and uh, kind of get back into the swing of that. Warmer months are coming, uh, so he will likely be playing more frequently, so be on the lookout for more information about when Anthony is playing coming up in the Delco area, more than likely. Uh, when I say Delco, I do mean Delaware County, which is in uh, southeastern Pennsylvania here. Um, wow. I guess the first thing we should slightly talk about, and by the time this airs, it will be Friday, March 1st, most likely, and we will have been just about three weeks removed from the Super Bowl which we talked a lot about football in the final weeks of the regular season and Super Wildcard weekend and up through the championship rounds. Um, The Chiefs did hold it out against 49ers, which was pretty much how a lot of us felt, Anthony and myself included. Um, Just tough to bet against Patrick Mahomes in the postseason. He is on a run right now. Uh, And Andy Reid is doing the thing. They are preparing to pay him even more money, which I think is uh, earned, warranted, for sure. Pardon me. I did wake up this morning with the seasonal allergies. Hooray. Um, Not that anyone cares about that, but just saying if I sound a little nasally, that is it, right? I will say the Super Bowl game, it wasn't an offensive game overall, right? Uh, definitely a low-scoring game, so it was like, come on, give us some action. Like, feel like the NFL tries to build around offensive games because people get way more hype and way more excited about that stuff. But when you have a good game in the final championship game of the series, uh, in this case being the Super Bowl, um, the defense showed up a lot. So the Chiefs coming back and winning in, in like the fourth quarter made sense uh, because the lesser experienced team being the San Francisco 49ers, um, for them to win, they needed to capitalize early on. I think that's like the overall feel here. Um it did go into overtime, so um, don't remember the last game uh, of the Super Bowl that went into overtime. Heard it was quite some years ago. Um, so that is exciting in itself. Um, but I, I just, by the middle of the fourth quarter at least, I was just like, yeah, the Chiefs are going to pull this out. Like For the Niners to have gotten to that point, for the 49ers to have won, at the end there, would have been the ultimate upset, in my opinion, right? Um, But like I said, that did happen a few weeks ago, so I don't want to drive into all of that because anyone that uh, is a football fan has gotten their fix on that. Uh, If they are specifically football fans, they're likely just waiting six months until the next season, right? And with that, uh, we can talk about the Eagles and this, that. Um, I think personally, the Eagles, um, with their coaching, with how they started 10 and 1 and flatlined 
just about at the end of the season. Um, there's going to have to be some really solid wins. So Anthony and I had talked about through the uh, regular season, um, you know, this past year, uh, fall of 2023, their wins were not secure, solid wins for the most part. There were maybe two games that it was, that it was like pretty telling, okay, the Eagles got this one. The other wins were just like either they started strong and then they started slipping off and then they just happened to pull it out or it was very middle of the road and then they just happened to get the win at the end. We're going to need some solid, uh, dominant wins here, uh, at least for me personally, to feel like the Eagles are going to get into that postseason and run into the Super Bowl next year. Otherwise, I think it's going to be maybe another three years before we see them in the Super Bowl. Obviously, wishful thinking because so many changes are happening now when things aren't working out. So a lot of people were asking for Nick Sirianni to be removed. I think keeping him was probably the right move. Um, but it also protects him if they don't do well this season. It's He's adapting to the new offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Um, and Jalen Hurts adapting to all of – well – the offensive coordinator, and I'd say Nick Sirianni, but apparently Nick said the offensive coordinator is calling all the shots, so Nick Sirianni just has to answer to everybody, right, and be able to provide, this is why this happened, this is why that happened, and a lot of that time, it's he's just saving face because he can't just be forthcoming honest about what's happening in the background, right? You got to play, uh, play. You got to prioritize and respect player integrity. So he does have a difficult job as far as it comes to answering to the press. When you're talking about hydration, hydration is not only for people training for championships and marathons. We're talking about daily maintenance people. Jim, did you know that 75% of Americans are chronically dehydrated? I believe it, Anth. I mean, honestly, in my line of work, uh, dealing with teaching uh, children and also dancing with uh, adults my age, younger and older. I, I can I can almost tell based off of how well people not just perform athletically, but how we carry ourselves and how we communicate back and forth, our facial gestures and our and just our energy alone. I can tell when somebody's sluggish and they're sleep deprived versus they're just sluggish because they're a dried up sponge because they are dehydrated, right? Absolutely. And for people like me who are working the nine to five and, you know, for me gigging at night, proper hydration is definitely crucial to maintain function throughout the day and keeping yourself energized. And that's why proper functional hydration is essential. And who's going to give it to you? Liquid IV, because Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. Uh, I like to use it first thing in the morning. Uh, I've been doing a lot of workouts here and there. So I pop it in my uh, water bottle first thing in the morning. Gives me a little boost of energy of what I need. And, you know, sometimes during the day when I'm doing that, like, 2 o'clock, you know, rundown, I'll pop a little one, if not in the morning. Uh, you know, it gives me a little bit of that energy that I need. With just one stick, you can hydrate real life two times faster than water alone, plus get essential vitamins and three times the electrolytes as the leading sports drink. And not only that, Liquid IV comes in 12 delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Yeah, Anth, I mean, for me personally, like my day-to-day, -day, I'll wake up and pop a Liquid IV just to get my day started and start off with proper hydration, and then I... And like required to be physically active between the hours of like 2 or 3 p.m. until 9, 10, 11, sometimes midnight if I'm doing a backup gig. So I'll do another one maybe around noon, 1 p.m. And that'll 
keep me going throughout the day. And I just feel so much better. I don't even drink coffee on the regular like that because I don't need to pick me up unless if I'm like really just not sleeping much. And then I'm like, all right, get me that. I don't like to rely on caffeine unless I absolutely feel like I need it. Liquid IV does the trick for me. I don't know about you. Again, one stick with liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficient than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks. And it's made with quality ingredients, non-GMO, and free of gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. They partner with leading organizations to fund and foster innovative solutions that help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. Yeah, man. Real people, real flavor, real hydrating. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code 1SETPOD. That's 1SETPOD. And at checkout, that's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code 1SETPOD at liquidiv.com. I just, I think there's the way that the season went at the start of last season to how it, how it ended. Um, it's a lot of work to be done for sure. And really, I mean, uh, just segueing into the Phillies real quick. They are in spring training right now. Um, and again, the scores and the outcomes in spring training doesn't matter, right? But player performance does. Uh, and a lot of the games, they are testing their minor league prospects. They're testing people that are maybe on their way out. Um there is a particular pitcher who shall remain nameless. Nelson. Um, sorry, allergies again. Um, well, we're seeing he's the only one so far that I'm like, okay, that's consistent with how he played in the regular season. And they had Nola's start. Um second game against the Yankees and he did well he did really well and Yankees are not a bad team but I, I do think preseason matchups are definitely a psychological game not that they aren't in the regular season um, and I think that makes um, like the batting lineup and who you have playing game to game little more intriguing because most games in your other sports, your starters are always starting. Not that your primetime starters aren't starting most of the games in baseball, but when you see them dipping out, when you see them being replaced or you see the lineup shifting, it's interesting to think about why they adjust the lineup. Who are they playing? Are they playing at home? Are they playing away? And there's just... 162 games in the year, right? So I know Topper, Rob Thompson, did say, you know, their club is in a relatively healthy space. So for the first three games of the preseason, not seeing Bryce Harper, you know, people were like, what? Why isn't Harper playing? It's like, why do you think Harper's not playing? Dude got injured and was out for two to three, maybe four months of the past couple seasons. I think they're just trying to preserve him, right? And start the regular season strong. Say we get some losses in the preseason and people think, oh, they didn't do so well in the preseason. Maybe they're not thinking about the preseason like that. Maybe they are just thinking it's just preseason. I just think all variables are up for consideration. Right. Um, we played the Blue Jays our first day, um, and the Blue Jay games are not televised. Whenever we play them, 
we happened to find a place that was playing the game uh, that had MLB Network. So let's talk about MLB Network real quick, right? So you could, if the game wasn't televised in your local area, sign up for MLB Network and maybe, maybe see the games previously because if it was like a blackout area, you just didn't have access to it at all, which I think is insane. Okay. If you pay $25 a month for MLB Network, you should be able to watch just about, if not all, baseball games. There should be access to those things for that cost. Right? So, go to sign up for MLB Network, do the free trial thing. It's usually a seven-day thing. And when I say usually, I mean last season, you could do that. And maybe they caught on that people were just creating new email accounts just to get the network for a week and then cancel the subscription. Because now they make you provide your cable, your cable information, like your home cable information. And then it says upgrade your cable package to this to get MLB network. So now that's what they're doing. So rather than making it easier for your fans to access this, it's about paying the money, right? To which it's like, okay, but how are you making that easier for when the economy is the way that it is? Are, are your games cheaper to attend? Of course not. You can still find cheap tickets, but they're, if they were here last year, like second level, third level, they're here now. You get to still attend the game and get the game experience. Okay. It's just... Interesting to consider how much content in the entertainment field is out there. Your diehard fans that have supported you all these years, win or lose, you're basically saying, I don't care. We care if you're bringing us money. So if you make good money, you're going to pay to get good seats. You're going to pay to see us no matter what. And I got to say, majority of your fans probably don't have that money. Probably don't have the kind of money to just watch all the stuff all the time. And I'm talking objectively here. I'm not going to pay the extra for all that stuff, and I will just miss the games. A lot of the times, I don't get to see the games because I'm working, right? I get to catch today. I'm going to get to catch the game starting at 1 o'clock. I got to leave at 2.30 and go work night shift. Have you ever wanted to start your podcast but didn't know where to start? The One Set Bros are here to talk to you about Zencaster. Zencaster is the ultimate-based podcasting solution and now the all-in-one podcasting platform making podcasting easy. They've sure made it easy for us to be able to record our podcast and our episodes every week for you guys. Once you've set up your account, you're simply one click away from recording a high-quality podcast with studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. My personal favorite feature is their multi-layer backups, which ensure our recordings are always in the highest quality, even during unstable web connections. And if you thought you needed multiple tools and services for your podcast, Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform allows you to create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code OneSetPod and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as we do with all our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. I did just get tickets for one of the 
April games because I'm off from my job during spring break. And I did happen to find decent seats for not super expensive. It is early in the season, though. So as the Phillies do better, any team that is doing better and headed into playoff hunt, the excitement is that much more. The intrigue to attend those games is much more. Just like when any team goes to the postseason, those tickets are way more money. Right? That makes sense. I understand that. I just don't understand people wanting to watch from home. And again, maybe I'm complaining. It is preseason. These games don't count. They don't count statistically speaking. Okay? They do count for the fans that care. The fans that want to see their team play. The fans that love sitting at home. Putting on their TV. If you're watching on your laptop, computer, iPad, your phone. Maybe you're not sitting at home. Maybe you're at work and you're able to do data entry and have the game playing. You don't think we want access to that stuff? You don't think we want access to those games? It's the start of the season. We've missed baseball since September, October, if you were in the regular season. Since October, November, if your team, like ours, were in the postseason. And maybe not to determine, oh, hey, we won all these games in the preseason. We're definitely going to the playoffs and the World Series. That's not what I'm saying. We just want to watch the game because we enjoy watching the games. But make it harder to access. Real cool. And on that, I digress from the complaining aspect. I'm wearing my hat. Um, I do get to catch part of the game. I will catch the rest of it on my drive to work uh, on the radio. Um, Sixers and beads out. They're still trying to figure out how to make it work. Maxi is not putting up the points. Usually, um, they played the Celtics last night. I'm recording this on Wednesday, the 28th of February. Um, and they lost by like 20 points. That is not surprising. It's not surprising, right? Um, the Sixers are going to have to get it together. I was excited for the Sixers because Doc Rivers was gone. Um, I thought Nurse was bringing something new to the table. They were starting super strong. And now it's just kind of like, well, lower your expectations or hold on to hope, right? Flyers have been doing pretty good uh, overall. I'm not catching a lot of their games. I am seeing wins and losses, and I think it's going to be a little time before we get to them being a dominant, dominant team where it's like, you got to catch these games and just watch these guys crush it. Hopefully it's only a year. Maybe it's two or three. Um, but there is high hopes for them because there were a lot of adjustments to their organization. Right? Let's get into the wrestling stuff. Because the last time that uh, either I or Anthony and I were on here, we were talking about the Royal Rumble. Um, and since then, there have been just some major shifts, major adjustments. I mean, CM Punk getting injured. Cody Rhodes won the Rumble. Allegedly, he was set to win the Rumble. And then they were planning this injury angle to take him out of Mania and then have The Rock and Roman Reigns headline WrestleMania. Um, 
that was in part set up at the SmackDown after Royal Rumble with Cody Rhodes saying, I am coming for your title, but not at WrestleMania. It was real weird. The Rock came out. Everyone was confused. Everyone was just confused as to the why have Cody win the Rumble. Why not have Punk win? Punk obviously got injured during the Rumble match. People said they called an audible in the middle of the match. I think Punk was supposed to win the Elimination Chamber. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, I think Cody winning Mania and then pointing at Roman, saying, I'm coming for you, and then him coming out on SmackDown and saying, I'm coming for you but not at WrestleMania, and then The Rock comes out. They didn't indicate that Cody was injured at that time because they were pulling a storyline injury angle as to why to hold off the Cody win until next year's WrestleMania. Everything that they've done with The Rock since then, I think is brilliant. Specifically because they had him come in. They did the press conference in Vegas right before the Super Bowl. They had Cody come out and actually they were toying with Seth was trying to convince Cody to challenge him for the title at Mania. And then Cody said at the press conference, nope, I'm challenging you. And he threw the swerve into the whole thing. And it was supposed to be Roman versus The Rock was supposed to be the blockbuster money match. Case in point, uh, and when I say case in point, I haven't even really gotten into all of it yet. So delete, delete, right? Vince McMahon could not have handled this any better than the way that Triple H and the creative team are handling it right now. Because as it was happening, it all didn't make sense, but it made you pay attention to week-to-week TV. It made you pay attention day-to-day. It made you say, what are they doing? What is happening here? And either it was mostly mapped out along the way, which I I do think they adjusted once... once, uh, Punk got injured because they were definitely building towards Seth versus CM Punk at WrestleMania. And once Punk was legitimately injured with his tricep injury, um, we'll get to that. And I think, I think the Cody injury angle, um, could have worked if CM Punk was still going to WrestleMania because that in itself was a jaw of its own. I still think that Roman Reigns is retaining at WrestleMania and people will say, no, with all the shifts that they're making now, with as much as they're pushing Cody to the moon, Cody losing would completely, would it kind of deflated him last year. It will completely deflate him. If he loses to Roman this year, I'm still sticking by the plan all along has been Roman is beating the Hogan reign. And by all means, at this point, if Cody does win, I'm not going to be mad about it because I think the company's in big trouble with Cody losing. With as over as Cody has gotten in the past four weeks with all of this, they're generating as giant of a push for Cody to beat Roman Reigns as Daniel Bryan winning at WrestleMania 30. It's close. Some people will say it's bigger. It's better. Maybe those people didn't believe in Daniel Bryan. They didn't understand Daniel Bryan working his way into the Mania main event. Whereas Cody has won the Rumble. He has the right. And I get that. I didn't understand him winning and saying to Roman, 
you're the title I'm coming after, but not at WrestleMania. That was weird. I think that that was just to hold off and bring The Rock into the situation because they were uncertain about how to navigate that. So, everything that they've done with The Rock slapping Cody, him turning full-blown heel, it's actually better. Because we expected to get Dwayne Johnson, the beloved Hollywood star that everyone loves, that for the past 10 years plus, anytime he will just randomly show up, People lose their minds. Oh my God, The Rock is here. We're getting heel. Heel Rock. It, he's still an attraction. He's still the biggest star in wrestling that can still go. Don't tell me John Cena. That guy cannot still go in the ring. That guy is not in shape like The Rock. And I will say, The Rock is not in ring shape. And I do think he is planning and building plans saying, you know, after he had his run out with Jinder Mahal and the dude was winded after a spine buster and a people's elbow, he was probably like, how am I supposed to do a 15-minute match at WrestleMania and look like I did when I faced John Cena at Mania 20, uh, 28 and 29. Yes, he's 10 years older, but the dude is still in incredible shape. And it's just a matter of him navigating his workouts, um, him doing in-ring training so that when he's in the ring, mentally, he's going through the physical motions that he was once very, very much accustomed with, right? I mean, the guy's in his early 50s. I know he's in super shape for being in his early 50s. Physically, the guy hits the gym every morning. Look at him. Dude's Hercules, right? So I think the move here right now, as they've been building, for anyone following along, is we're getting the tag match which I am excited to see how they're building towards this tag match. There's so many layers to this, right? The press conference. Seth saying to Cody, you need to face me. Seth coming out of the press conference. Roman coming out. The Rock coming out. Cody coming out. They've been building the promos with the four of them for WrestleMania. It's it's hard to like backtrack all of this in a way that anyone that's tuning in is like, okay, this all makes sense. There's a lot of stuff. And I think that WWE Creative is like, we need to make this complex storytelling so that if you miss an episode, you have to go back and watch it. Just like any other show that you would watch or you binge on Netflix, on Hulu, on Paramount+, Plus, on Peacock, on Fubo. Fubo. I only know Fubo because it's a platform that Phillies stream on when they play away teams in spring training. There's so many of them. I missed Amazon. That's the biggest one. Amazon Prime, right? There's so much. There's so much content out there that I think the creative team is like, we need to make these episodes important that if you miss an episode, you're behind. So then it puts the pressure on the viewer. You can't miss. And what better time than WrestleMania season where everything should make sense to make that very evident and obvious, right? So let's talk about the Elimination Chamber before we get into the rest of the WrestleMania build, right? 
and I'm, I'm not going to talk about the leads into the chamber because I do think, um, you know, you had the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kyrie Sane defend against Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Indy Hartwell being from Australia because the chamber was held in Australia itself. I think that was let's give Indy a shot to perform on a big stage. Let's see if she can hold her own in front of 50,000 people. Asuka and Kyrie Sane have been in front of that large of crowds. Candice LeRae mm, might have been in a Mania match where it was like a multi-woman match, but that was the time for her to shine. Um, we're going to be honest. The Chamber did air at 5 a.m. our time on the East Coast. And I set my alarm and woke up an hour later. I missed the women's elimination chamber, which I did go back and watch after the fact because I did hear the women's chamber match sold a show. I heard the women sold a show, which is fair to say because Rhea Ripley defending against Nia Jax in the main event, Rhea being from Australia, um, that was the right call. Rhea has been holding down the women's world heavyweight championship for since Mania when she beat Charlotte. And I thought she was in, like definitely beating Charlotte at Mania based off of her build, getting there, aligning with Judgment Day. She is the top woman in the company, and I they had Becky Lynch win the Women's Chamber match. Um, people are shatting on her uh, because they think she's not over like she used to be. I think that's just because people want Liv Morgan to have her shot and Liv Morgan to get a chance, which I think she had a great showing in the chamber. There are men that have crawled for years to get to a position, have done the job for multiple years until they are taken to that point. So I think they're letting Liv Morgan take the slow roll to get there because she hasn't deflated as far as her work is considered. She's doing her job right now. No matter who they put her against, no matter how the booking is handling her, I think they know she can be a top player. And she's just paying her dues to get there over a longer extended period of time. I'm not worried about it. I think Liv Morgan will be a star. Bianca Belair, someone that they pushed. She earned the push. She was someone that came out the gate entering the main roster. I was totally fine with it. I think she's just kind of there now, which is kind of opposite of Liv Morgan, where she's going the slow build. Yes, Liv Morgan did beat Ronda Rousey and had the SmackDown Women's Belt for, I think, two months. Went out on injury, came back, and then is just kind of floating around waiting for that shot again, right? Naomi just came back. Raquel Rodriguez was out for three months. Um, I do think she's great in the ring. I just don't see her as a top star marketably. I don't think like they need to do a major shift in her character. I think she needs to be a heel because of her size. She's tall. She's strong. Um, she had a great heel run in NXT out here as a face right now. I'm just not feeling it. Naomi just came back. Naomi's been in the game a long time. I think she's just appreciative to be able to be back doing what she loves. Um, and then you have Tiffany Stratton, who was the upcoming star in NXT. And everyone said, get her to the main roster. And they haven't brought her onto the main roster and let her just kind of float. She's earning her stripes quick. Which, again, like Bianca Belair, she might sort of the top fast and then just kind of drop. Or she soars to the top and she's floating around up here. There's talks that they should introduce a women's intercontinental title. I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed at all because I think you would have a lot of your mid-card women's talent 
fighting to get in there knowing, hey, I need to secure that before I have expectations of going to the higher level belts, right? I don't think Tiffany Stratton needs to be the Women's Intercontinental Champion. I think that she is going into that upper mid-card tier, and then she's going to be either so over that they have her going up against Rhea Ripley. I, I don't know. Because, I mean, Becky winning the chamber... I was talking to Anthony about this earlier. I, I think I, I don't think Rhea is losing at Mania. I think Rhea holds it because I think the longest has been one of the women wins a belt at Mania and loses it at the next one. Like it's only been a year that they're holding on to those titles, like the main ones. I might be wrong. Charlotte might have held a title for longer. I just don't remember her holding a title for as long as Rhea Ripley. But I don't see Rhea losing. And she's very much after her Elimination Chamber match and her being in her hometown. I think with what they did with her on Raw, it's setting her up to be more of a tweener character like a Randy Orton where it's like oh yeah she's supposed to be playing the heel character but like everybody loves her so let everyone make their own decision but keep her intense personality and attitude rather than oh I'm just she's not clawing and fighting for the belt she might be clawing and fighting to hold on to it I think Becky's doing a great job getting there but I think Nia Jax I, I like I somehow see that match going to a multi-women match. Whether it's a triple threat with Nia or if Liv Morgan gets involved. Because Nia and Liv Morgan had the match on Raw and Becky Lynch caused interference to cause a DQ and then there was a backstage segment with Liv and Becky. Maybe they set up that one-on-one match just for Raw. Um... You could set up the triple threat with Nia and have Rhea pin Nia to protect Becky and set up that one-on-one match for SummerSlam so that you have time to let that feud legitimately build because they've been teasing the Rhea and Becky match at Mania for months. For months. I mean, backstage segments. There's Rhea talking and Becky enters the picture or vice versa. Becky's getting interviewed and a Rhea. They've been teasing that for more than six months now. Okay. So that one-on-one match, we do want to see. If you want to put Nia in the mix, make it a triple threat. Say Becky pins Nia. Rhea loses the belt without getting pinned. Someone's protected. If Nia goes in the match, or say say you have I I just, say you have Nia pin Becky, so Rhea loses the belt. Rhea loses the belt, but Rhea does, doesn't get pinned. You can still have the Rhea and. Becky feud without the belt then. This is what I was saying to Anthony because we were talking about Bianca Belair and Jake Cargill getting a match at WrestleMania. We were talking about CM Punk is out on injury and I know I'm definitely tangenting at this point. So follow along best you can. CM Punk goes out on injury. Drew McIntyre has stepped up and stepped in. He is taunting CM Punk so hard. I do think Drew McIntyre is beating Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. 
considering he won the men's chamber match, which I thought was very mediocre, just my opinion. Like, I'm not even going to break down the men's chamber match. Other than they're setting up, because they had Logan Paul in the match, they're setting up for the U.S. title match. Um, You might have a one-on-one with Randy Orton. You might have the rest of those guys in a match with Logan Paul and a ladder match for the U.S. title at Mania, which I would not be mad about. We'll talk about Gunther in the Intercontinental Championship in a second. Drew McIntyre is so good right now. The way that he's playing up, you know, being shat on for the hand that he was dealt. And, you know, him dedicating the world title match to CM Punk. He's got the shirt made about CM Punk. I think Drew's winning the belt from Seth. Granted, Seth is probably going to be in that tag match with Cody and The Rock and Roman on night one. This is so much to unpack after more than a month of not talking about this stuff. So spare me if this is just a lot to digest. Right? CM Punk returns after he is healed and cleared to go, and he goes on to face Drew McIntyre in a what should be an excellent program for that belt. CM Punk eventually wins, and then you build the CM Punk with the belt match against Seth Rollins chasing after him, and you flip the script, right? Becky Lynch, I think, is losing... I, th- I think Becky Lynch is losing at Mania. And I think Seth Rollins is losing at Mania. And they both go on vacation and take a break. Dude, I've been getting this annoying itching feeling under my armpits from the deodorants I've been trying and using. And I can't seem to find something that works for me. Have you ever tried maybe like a natural deodorant? Natural deodorant? Uh, No. Are you insane? No. But I am wild. Uh-huh. Wild is the UK's number one natural deodorant company that focuses on performance, sustainability, and style. Their mission is to clean up the bathrooms by leaving it free of ugly, single-use plastic bottles and unnecessary chemicals. You know why Wild is great? Because it actually works and it's eco-friendly and contains over 98.5% natural ingredients. They have a fully sustainable design with aluminum cases that last for a lifetime, plus biodegradable, recyclable refills. And you know what's cool? They can actually imprint your name on these aluminum cases for a small additional fee. Wild is super convenient with flexible subscription options or paying as one-off purchases. And you can customize your order by choosing your case, color, and various scent combinations. I know I have the Ocean Mist, the Fresh Cotton and Sea Salt, and the Orange and Neroli flavors, and they all smell super great. And what's best about them is they don't just wear off immediately, and then all of a sudden, you smell like B.O. Yeah, I've been rocking the Sandalwood and Pacholi scent right now. And again, great scent, last like throughout the day that you know you're pretty much protected throughout the day. And I also was able to try the mint and aloe vera, big aloe vera fan, right on point, long lasting. And you can look forward to uh, these cases and scents in a limited edition every month. Go wild today with a special discount of 25% off your first order when you get the code one set pod at checkout. Go to wearewild.com and use the code one set pod at checkout and enjoy. CM Punk comes back. AJ Lee comes back. Seth Rollins comes back. Becky Lynch comes back. You have all four of them in the mix at that point. And we could get Becky Lynch versus AJ Lee at WrestleMania next year. What they have done for the women's division is they've elevated them to the point where we're getting feuds between the women that are WrestleMania 
caliber without needing championships. It's not a women's battle royal. It's not a SmackDown Women's Championship. It's not a Raw Women's Championship. It's not a Women's Tag Team Championship. If they have a winner, a, a winners, a Women's Intercontinental title thrown in, getting these women their matches without championships just goes to show how much the women's division has improved in the last 10 years. I mean, WrestleMania 31 was when the Divas Revolution ended and the women's revolution began. And that's when we had Charlotte and Sasha Banks, uh, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, and Becky Lynch in a triple threat match. And since then, like the women's division has really been like, yeah, no, we're not just kind of here and around. Granted, some of the segments on TV are very much, okay, bathroom break. Nathan and I talk about that a lot. And it's not because we think they're doing a bad job. We just know uh, some of those women that are in the lower mid-card, they're still finding their way. And there are men's matches where we're like, okay, they're still finding their way. I can go eat dinner now. I can go get a snack, use the bathroom. Anthony's putting the kids to bed. He's like, I can't miss this. Anthony's working on music. I'm prepping for work for the next day. Those kind of matches, they exist. And it's like, it's not just the women's division for the lower mid-card. It's definitely the women's too, right? So at any rate, um, still have Roman retaining, which is, I think, bad for Cody. I'm going to WrestleMania now. Rhea winning against Nia was a given. Nia winning was... Never a thing in my mind. Just because Rhea's been so good for 18 months, 24 months now. Um, you're not having her lose in her home country to Nia Jax. That wasn't happening. They do have Nia presented as a pretty big threat. Um, there's good stuff there. I talked about the U.S. title match, Logan Paul. I think all of those guys are up for grabs to go into a multi-man match. Um, Judgment Day, Finn Balor, and Damian Priest did defend against New Catch Republic, which is Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, which I thought was an excellent match. I do love Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate individually. I think they have to build the chemistry as a tag team. On Raw, they did have Gunther come out and say, hey, I beat Jey Uso last week, and that was the toughest. I It almost slipped away. Jimmy Uso got involved. They're setting up for Jimmy versus Jay. I'm excited to see how all that pans out. Um, they're building a lot of the card around the bloodline overshadowing everything and being kind of like the NWO and WCW where it was just consuming everything, which I think is really good, especially having The Rock come in and being involved in that. You're basically having the bloodline against the rest of the roster. Good stuff happening there. You can have Nia Jax go over there because she's part of the bloodline, technically. Um, we have Gunther come out and say, I, I'm, who's next? Again. Again. New Day was set to have a street fight with Imperium. Again. And I'm like, I still feel like they're building towards Big E making his return. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, allergies, I did say, kicked in. Um, I still think Big E is coming back. They did have him at the press conference, um, kind of reminding people, hey, Big E is still here and very much around. Right? So I definitely think... I definitely think that's the move. People are still... They have they had the Judgment Day come out. They had Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio basically telling Gunther that Intercontinental Championship is coming to the Judgment Day. Definitely didn't see that one coming. Not mad about it. Priest cashed... Damian Priest with the briefcase cashing in on Seth. Definitely don't see that happening. 
Drew McIntyre winning and Damian cashing in. Don't see that happening. Damian Priest having a failed cash-in is just... That will deflate him so bad. He has to have a successful cash-in. Last year, or the last Money in the Bank briefcase was Austin Theory. He failed his cash-in on the United States Championship, which I was like, well, that's not great. He did go on to beat John Cena at WrestleMania, though. So that was kind of like, hey, let's forget that cash-in ever happened, right? We're going to... That never happened. Austin Theory is still fine. He's still teetering here, He and he... He will be A-OK. He's still... He's like 26 years old. He's still got so much left in his tank. Um, I'm not worried about him. I think the Gunther stuff is interesting because I think the... The WWE Universe understands, yeah, hey, his title reign is long. It's not as annoyingly long as Roman Reigns, but Gunther's defending way more frequently. So there's a lot more respect to his reign. If we're being honest, Gunther could go another year as long as he's defending it as regularly as he is, and I think people will be okay with it. And it's probably in part because he is, he's not quite Brock Lesnar as far as like the in-ring insane speed and strength, but he, he's right there. He's right there, right? And Gunther can talk on the mic with confidence. Brock Lesnar couldn't really do that. So I'm excited to see how they build towards the Intercontinental Championship match. I don't think they're going to do a multi-man match for the U.S. title and for the Intercontinental title. If they do, I wouldn't be surprised because they're billing it as WrestleMania 40 extra large. So you could see a lot more matches with a lot of people involved. Like you're not getting a card with a lot of one-on-one matches here. They're, they're doing a great job on TV, tying in different angles and different feuds to try to work more people into one match at a time. You're getting Roman versus Cody one-on-one. You're getting Seth versus Drew one-on-one. You're getting Bailey versus EO one-on-one. Right now, you're getting Becky versus Rio one-on-one. And if every other match outside of that was multi-person matches, I wouldn't be surprised. Granted, we are going to get probably Jay Cargill and Bianca Belair. If they don't do that now, it is almost a 100% definite for SummerSlam. 99%. If it doesn't happen at Mania or SummerSlam, it they're holding it off for next year's WrestleMania. I just think they don't need to put a title in that match for people to be interested in it. Like, I am definitely lobbying for women's matches at Mania without titles involved. They can do it. They can definitely make those happen. You know? I'm excited. Um, I'm going to be back on here in a couple weeks. uh, And I'll probably have... I will definitely have more wrestling stuff to recap. Um, I I know it kind of just wrapped up Super Bowl real quick. We are a few weeks removed from that. Football season is six months away again. Right? Um, Phillies are in preseason. There's... Other than what I said... Um, you know, it, it'll be more fun to talk about that as we start the regular season uh, at the end of this month. Um, and I'll have more updates on my dance projects up that are coming up. Uh, I got a couple guests coming on here in the next few episodes while Anthony is still out on paternity leave, which I am super stoked for. If you really liked our Game of Thrones uh, What If series, let us know. Hit us up with an email at onesetpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, onesetpod at gmail.com. Be sure to sub- uh, subscribe to our YouTube, uh, TikTok. We're on TikTok as well. Um, 
catch our merch. We definitely have merch available for everyone. Um, we are excited to get Anthony back on here sometime before 2025. Uh, I just wanted to thank everyone uh, for tuning in and listening to me ramble on independently. I don't mind it. I definitely love having the energy to feed off of. Um, so like I said, uh, you'll be seeing some guests on here in the next few episodes, which I'm definitely looking forward to uh, you all meeting some of my closer friends and loved ones. Uh, so until next time, one set uh, with all the love.